once again, you're listening to What's Up Aboard, the podcast. For those of you who may not know, this is a podcast that focuses on love, life, relationships, and everything in between. Everyone has a story to tell. I just want to know, what's yours? With that being said, one of the weekly goals of this podcast is to help people like you learn from our guests and comprehend information from a different lens of perspective. To all the listeners out there, both old and new, salute. Now let's begin this episode. Over to you, Wardy Ward. Thank you, Wardy Ward, for that dope introduction. Today on What's Up with Ward, the podcast, we have another awesome guest. This woman is going to share her experience in the wonderful wide world of truck driving. Yep, a male-dominated industry. She not only stepped up, but she also climbed up in one of those massive 18-wheelers and did the dang thing. Nephi Jackson, welcome to the podcast. Hi, thanks for having me. It's, it's such a pleasure to meet pioneers, no pun intended, who are doing such amazing things that often inspire others to do similar tasks as well in their lives. So we're glad to have you here. Thanks. Yeah, so before we jump into the hot seat, Please tell us a little bit about yourself, such as uh, where you're from, uh, who are your people, or what size shoe do you wear? <laughs> okay, so um, my name is um, is Nefertiti Jackson, but everybody calls me Nephi for short. Um, right, right. I am I'm originally from Charlotte, uh, Charlotte, North Carolina, um, and uh, I'm 34, no kids, single, so I'm able okay. to you know move about so mm-hmm. um that's pretty much it <laughs> are, are you are you making fun of people who have kids and can't move freely or what you trying no, to say no <laughs> no i'm just saying i'm <laughs> able to move free right okay. I ain't do <laughs> I'm free, I'm free. okay well so going up in north carolina um uh, what uh what was your childhood like in that area would you say it was a uh, fairly safe fun interesting what, what was it like there i've never been um, there uh, Charlotte, um, well, Charlotte has grown a lot. Um, when I was a kid, Charlotte was a lot. I remember growing up, you could drive in and out of Charlotte in about 20 or 30 minutes. So now that's, but, um, uh, growing up, Charlotte was relatively safe. Um, you know, now, uh, the population is a little over a million. So wow. course, no, crime has, has went up. So, but then at, at, at that time, I remember a lot of to Charlotte um, from up north and out west because it was a great place to raise a family. So, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so. Okay. yeah. Well, Charlotte's definitely coming on coming up because y'all got that basketball team there. And whenever a major team or NFL, NBA team come to town, I, I know you're growing. So mm-hmm. it's pretty sweet. Have you been to yes. any of those games? I have. I've been. I've been to both the Panthers and the in the Hornets games. So it's, it's, it's exciting. <laughs> wow, see, I got to come because y'all got two teams. Y'all got an NBA and an NFL. Y'all doing some big things now. Yeah, there, and um, and they just got a uh, major league soccer uh, league too. So, wow. Um, so yeah, so that's you know, with the soccer is is you know a, a a big deal too. So. Okay, so so I guess the cost of living is going up there with all this. Absolutely, uh... absolutely. <laughs> okay, yeah, and no snow either. <laughs> we get snow. It's more. It, if usually it's more ice if it gets cold if it snaps cold it's usually more ice but it um i know last year we got some snow so mm-hmm. but but generally the weather even in the winter is is nice so 
yeah, when, when you say snow, I'm thinking here, I'm in Indianapolis, we get snow, snow. I mean, you we like get feet snow. of snow, yeah, feet yeah, of yeah, snow. You, yeah, we get like, like two, you, like here, it's like two or three inches, like the whole city. Oh, that's <laughs> wow. No, nah, we, no, you're still going here. It's like, it's like six, seven inches, like y'all make it, come on in, but uh, okay, that's funny, <laughs> man. <laughs> Okay, so what was it like in high school there? Uh, were you the popular girl? So I, I need to know who I'm working with before I do this interview. No, I wasn't. I wasn't popular. I was the I was the type of kid where I just observed. Um, I I was one of the kids that observed uh, others. I didn't like the limelight. Like even now, I, I you know um, I just I just kind of just observe and spectate. So mm, mm. <laughs> you know, are, are you more introvert or extrovert? I. I'm actually I am an an ambivert, so I'm Ooh. a little bit of both. So wow. there, so there, are, so there are times where I can be, you know, uh, extroverted and just want to be out and about and hang out with my friends, and you know, um, and then there's other times where I'm introverted. Or I just stay keep mm-hmm. to myself. So it just it just depends on what's going on. Okay, so you might go to the Hornets game and sit by yourself, and or you might just go. Walk around and be with the crowd. Okay, yeah, you go both ways. That's cool. Um, next question I have here is, uh, well, I know you drove the trucks, so and we're about to get into that here, but who who kind of uh, helped you learn to drive a car, which kind of maybe led to the truck? Who helped you with that to start out? I'm sorry. I, I didn't I didn't catch that last I'm sorry. part. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. I said, so when you first drove a car, who, who was the inspiration or who the person helped you learn how to drive a vehicle? Um, actually, uh, my mom, she, she, uh, tried to teach me how to drive, but then we, Uh-oh. I almost, she tried, yeah, but, but I almost killed us both. So oh. after that, she said that I would have to learn how to drive, um, at, at my high school at the time they had, uh, driver's ed. So I had to learn there. Cause okay. <laughs> she was <making> <laughs> so what, tell me what, what happened on this? Uh, <laughs> what did you do? I so I got in the driver's seat and my seatbelt on and after a while uh my mom was telling me you know to go from park to drive so that's what I did and when I pushed down on the gas I pushed down too far and like we were like flying mm, <laughs> across the parking lot the almost, almost ran to a tree and so my mom was like just get out of my car get out of the car <laughs> because see you are not killing me <laughs> so right. after that I had to sign up for classes at, at the um at, at my high school <laughs> okay okay well i can see how that experience has got you into driving the big rig so let's talk about that okay so uh you know covid no doubt has wrecked havoc on so many businesses and lives uh and some businesses and things actually got better and i think one of those uh, examples would be the trucking industry right so yeah so there's several different types of trucking classes. Uh, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but there's the class A drivers, those, you know, running the big rigs and everything. Then you got the class B, like dump trucks, school buses, city buses. Uh-huh. And you got the non-CDL. Those are like the ones you, those big trucks you rent from U-Haul. And then there's right. that, hot, that hot shot trucking. What made you go for the class A or the, the one driving the big rig? What, what made you say, you know what? I want to go for that one. Well, with, with um, well, for myself, I was uh, I got laid off last February, so I was trying to find a job and, um, and what I was used to, which um, my background's in healthcare, um, but I didn't find anything at the time. So I said, you know what? 
let me just go and try something different. And so um, I have an uncle. He, he's been driving trucks for decades. And so he said, well, you know, go and try and, um, you know, find a school in your area um, and get your class A license. And he said, the reason why, you know, you want to get your class A is because you can drive anything um, versus class B and C. You are, are, are limited to what you can drive. So um, that's um, that, that's what I did. And um, I, I went to class. I started class at, uh, toward the end of April um, and I took my test and I passed in May. And then I started driving, I think, the middle middle of May of last year. Mm. OK, so what school did you go to? Um, there is a school, I forgot the name of it, but it, it is in South Carolina. Um, it was a three week class. Um, so, um, you have to do your class time and then you have to do your driving time. Um, so they have, you know, the 18 wheeler trucks, they have your flatbeds. So you're able to drive those. And then when you take your test, you have the option to, um, drive to, excuse me, um, you have the option to uh, drive or to pass or to take your test with a manual on a manual truck, a five speed or um, an automatic. Um, okay. I, I tried, I tried the the stick shift and it just, I couldn't, I couldn't get the hang of it. So I, okay. <laughs> so I just went to the, uh, the automatic. So I use automatic and I passed with that. So. Okay. So now I've never taken the driver test in a truck. How does this work? You got to bring like your own rig down to the DMV or something or? No, no. So the, the, the school that I went to, they actually have uh t- uh, testers there and they have the trucks that you can drive there hmm. so um so so after you do all your class time and, and you do all your driving time after that then you're able to schedule to take your exam oh. so yeah so there's three parts to the exam um one part is um uh pointing out all the different parts of the truck mm-hmm. when, you, when you pass that the second part is um uh backing up into a, a parking spot with a with a truck mm. and then after that when you pass that then you have to do your driving test so um once you do all three of those parts you pass all three of those parts then you're able to um they'll uh once you pass all of all of those you pass and then you take your information down to the uh dmv and then you will get your class a license so let, let me kind of go over those three parts of this test. So mm-hmm. pointing out the they just say, okay, this is the air brake knot holes or whatever. This is mm-hmm. all of that. So so that first part of the test, you have to open up the the hood and point out each part of the truck of of what's inside and and then outside. Why do you got to know all that? Because if if you were driving and if you're on the side of the road and and, and if your truck breaks down, you need to know which part, uh, at, at least the parts that you can see that may have had an issue or malfunction. So um, when uh, your when your company decides, you know, when, when they um, come to either tow your truck or fix your truck, mm-hmm. they know what they need to do prior to them coming out to you. So Okay. All right. Mm-hmm. So, okay. You said next was backing up. That seems yes. like it's so foreign to me because I, 
I don't know how you do it. It's like you turn right, you're really going left. Left. Mm-hmm. And, and when, you, when you turn your wheel left, you're going right. When you turn your wheel right, you're going left. Man. So it's 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 tricky. So it's 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 tricky, but you have to get the hang of it. But um, I know when I took my test, I used a flatbed because I was able to see better. Um, because when you have a box truck, it's it's really difficult. It it it, it can be done, but it's 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 difficult because you can't. Because with a box truck, you can't see that other side. So, mm. so mm-hmm. the flatbed—that's the one, like, the, like say, where Carvana uses or something to like transport yes. cars. Yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and so, like, um, with the flatbeds, you might have the covers and the and the belts to put over. So, um, you know, uh, if if you're carrying um, supplies, or you might have seen on the highway, like um, some of them uh, carry wood or other, you know, uh, construction supplies. They have to use the tarps and the belts to throw over whatever you're carrying yeah mm-hmm. so so would you back what do you have to do just back it is it like like a like them at walmart just back in between yellow lines and i'm good or they would you some extensive they have okay so with my test they had cones so you had to stay so once you started backing up and getting into your spot you have to stay within those cones mm. and um if you knock over more than two cones then you fail so, um, because the reason why they want you to do this, because when you're, when you're having to back up into a dock, you have to stay because if, if you stay w- within your space, because what if you have two other trucks on either side of you, mm-hmm. you know, if you don't stay in your, in your, in your spot, you can hit one of those other trucks. So that's why they came up with that stay in your lane mm-hmm. phrase. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow, that, that seems so... <laughs> How can you learn all this in three weeks? It's it's a lot, but you know, if if you're dedicated and you're serious about it, trust me, and you're focused, you'll learn. <laughs> so you got to go there for eight eight to ten hours a day, train, and then go home and probably study some more, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Man, I don't yeah. know. <laughs> I don't know. I'm thinking about getting a CDL, but I don't know. So <laughs> you found somebody to pay for your classes, or did you pay for it out of your pocket? Um, I, now for myself, I paid for it, but I know with some, with some, um, students, they, um, they were able to get financial assistance. So it just, it just depends on what your, your specific, uh, situation is. Okay. What, 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 uh, what's the average fee to pay to get my CDLA? How much am I looking at Um, out of pocket? When I went, it was like 5,500, but it depends on where you go. So my school was in South Carolina, so it just depends on your state. It depends, you know, they're they're charging, you know. So, um, so yeah, it's about five thousand. I've seen, I've seen where the class is six thousand or even seven thousand dollars. It just depends on where you go. Mm, that's a lot of coin. So, mm-hmm. are, are you guaranteed to pass this? No. So the school I went to, you had three tries. After that. Um, you had to wait, I think, 60 days, and then you could take the test again. You had another three tries. After that, if you sit in the past, that second round, then you have to go to class all over again, and then you have to pay another. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's, it's, yeah. So, you have to be serious about what you want to do. I see. Wow. Well, there's a lot of truckers out there, so I, I guess it can be done, you know, mind over matter. Okay. Yes. Okay. Were there other women in this, in your class too, or were you the only one? Um, 
was a total of four of us. So and everybody else were guys. So, you know, but it, it was fine because we just, we just, you know, encourage each other. Okay. So, so mm-hmm. wow. So, so were you nervous that first day or, or when do they get you in the truck? I guess. Um. So like the first week you're in class. So the second week is when you start actually getting into the truck and, and, and getting a, a feel for it. Um, and then you start learning how to go forward and backwards and, you know, um, backing up and all that stuff. So you get about a week and a half of that. And then, um, the last few days, um, it's just, it's just practice, you know, um, and, and studying for your exams. So, um, it's, it's, you know, it's, it's, it's a lot of information in a short period of time. But um, once you kind of learn it, learn, learn all the different parts, you know, um, and you study, then you should be okay. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Seems like it's a lot, but I guess you make it sound easy because I mean, what you got this on your first first time around? No, I passed my second second try. The, the oh. first try, I didn't pass it, the second portion of the test, which is backing up into a spot. I had knocked over three cones, so mm, you missed I about one to, cone. Dang. About one, I know. So I had to do it again. So <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I had to, to reschedule my test for another day. <laughs> did, did that? Did that kind of bruise your confidence in there when you hit that cone? It did. You... I was I was so upset myself because because I I thought I was going to be able to back it up into the spot, but. I didn't do it, so I said, well, I said, okay, so let me, you know, go out and, and practice some more. So after that, I practice every day until my test, and then I passed it. So you get unlimited drive time on this on your own, or do you just get the truck no. and go? Um, no, so like what I did, I went to my instructor, and I scheduled time for me to practice. Oh, okay. So, mm-hmm. Wow. So, yeah, so, you know, I was serious about it, so the second go-around, I passed. Mm-hmm. Now I, I got my uh, motorcycle endorsement, and I know when I went there, uh, they had some different rules or house rules where if you fall or you do something wrong, you got to leave. And these two guys who knew everything, they one hit the wall and one ran through a gate. And they just walked them right off. Did you have anybody there in the trucking school who just like, hey, you you're too reckless with this truck? We got to give you something else. We can send you to subway or something. I mean, or does everybody just kind of make it through? Um, well, that's, that's the thing about the testing. Like if, if the instructors, you know, after you've tested a few times and you still didn't pass, or if they see something that's dangerous, then they'll just take you out of class. Because I mean, you're talking about this is an 18 wheeler truck. Like you can kill people with with this truck, you know? So, um, so yeah. So in my class that didn't happen, but I know my instructors were saying over the years, they had a few where they had to remove them out of the class because they were just being reckless. So yeah, that's what I was thinking. Mm-hmm. So do they do they drug test y'all before y'all begin uh, driving? Oh yeah, test? oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah. And and this test was it a difficult test? The uh, the word part, the uh, I don't know the the written part. Was that a what? What do they ask on the test on the written part? Some examples. So, so okay, so like it's it's not it's not a written test. It's more like the first part of your test is you have to point out the different parts of the truck. So you and your instructor are actually at the truck. And you got to name all those parts under the hood and and, and outside. So um, they have a clipboard and they tell you to start, and you got to point out all the all the the 
different parts of the truck. So you do have a little bit of, 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 of leeway. It's not, it's not a lot. Um, so you can get a few things wrong, but, but not too many. Cause, um, you have to pass by, you have to have a 80% pass Ooh, at least. Wow. Yeah. So, so if you, yeah, so that's why it's, 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 it's so serious. So that part is like the hardest part. And then the, the second part of the test is backing up, you know, into in your, into your spot. And then after that, then, um, your, your driving test. And when you drive a truck, you, you can't drive a truck like you drive a car because you got to make sure that your wheels in the back of the truck are not going to hit another car or, or mm. the curb or whatever. So when you turn a left or a turn a right, you, you're kind of doing it at a 90 degree angle versus a car where you just turn. So, so, so they kind of go over that with you too on how to turn. Like mm-hmm. you said, mm-hmm. what, what's, yep. the, what's the trick to that? Say if I'm driving down the street, and I want to turn right. How do I get around the traffic? How do I get around the car? So, that- so like when you're pulling up to a stoplight, um, when you pull up to a stoplight, if you're going to turn a right, you want to be, um, you want to be in the furthest left, the furthest left turning lane because when you turn you also got to look behind you at your at your trailer because you, you have wheels back there too so when you're turning and when you're making that that right turn you're all you're gonna look at look in your rearview mirror to see to make sure that your wheels are not running into the the turning lane to mm-hmm. your right right because because if you turn too sharp you can actually run over a car like you or or whoever's behind you or if a car is not paying attention your yes. trailer can actually hit another car because you've turned too sharp wow or, or you hit that curb too i guess mm-hmm. or or the curb right or, yeah. or a person if they're not paying attention yeah. or a person yeah so it's you know so you have to be more cognizant of literally every everything around you and you're literally driving not not for yourself but others as well because a lot of people try to cut out in front of 18 wheelers and I'm and what people don't realize is with these trucks if you're not paying attention like you could like a truck driver could really hurt somebody so you really have to pay attention to what's going on around you Wow, that's, that's kind of scary, but I guess uh, I see guys whipping those corners and they just like hit it and boom. I'm <laughs> like, it. wow. Mm-hmm. I don't I yeah. guess, guess when you get comfortable, you, you can do that because I don't know. It just seems so scary to me. But uh, so, what, give, like, what, what do they ask you, like, on, on that truck? I'm just curious. Like, they say, okay, what's it? you say, like, this is the flywheel, this is the battery, stuff like that, or they get, yeah, more technical? yeah. Yeah, so like you gotta know where 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 the belt is. You have to know like the bolts, all that stuff. Like, it's it's serious. Like it's you know. Mm-hmm. So, but again, it depends on your your state. So, like, I'll give you an example. So, like in the state of California, they're like the strictest state in in the U.S. What when it comes that? to because with California, like in, like any other laws, like they're they've always passed laws with anything that's ahead of the rest of the of the US. So it just it just depends on your state. You know, okay. so um yeah, so what what they require in North Carolina, they probably w- won't require in Indiana, which they 
may require in California, which they may not require in Texas. It's, it just depends on, on the state. Mm, let's uh-huh. see. Okay. Uh, is there anything do you wish that you had spent more time on when you're in trucking school, or or was it something you wish they did? Like, I, why are we even doing this? What are you gonna do that? Um, I understand why we had to, had to do everything. I, I wish that um it was I wish it was like a week or two longer, just because um as far as you know when it comes to safety, because a lot you know a lot what you learn in in school is just it's just you know it's for school but like just having a real life experience you know yes I understand that you get that experience when you're when you're working a job but just to you know to be in my opinion to be more prepared and just and and for and for safety reasons you know so yes um especially when you're carrying 50,000 pounds of electronics and you know how the truck is gonna behave. It's gonna behave differently versus you having an empty truck. Mm-hmm. Yes. You know, so, mm-hmm. Did you ever feel intimidated or afraid to ask for help because you are a woman? No, no, because like I'm, if you know, I'm, 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 I'm paying. I felt like I was paying. You know, if I'm paying this this money for a class, I expect I expect um, when I ask for help to to be given help. So I wasn't, you know, I wasn't, you know, like, you know, if I need help, I'm going to ask for it. I know that's right. Uh, <laughs> was it what? What advice would you give a inexperienced uh, female driver coming into this field? What would you tell her? I would tell her to go ahead and do it. I know a friend of mine. She she had had a, had reached out to me and asked me about. Um, she wanted to get her CDL, and I told her I said just go ahead and go for the for the class A. And then I told her I said now you may be the only one in your class or you may have two or three other women in your class but I said it's it's okay you know don't feel feel intimidated I said yes it's a male dominated field but I mean you know we can um you know learn you know learn everything and and do you know and and be a truck driver like like anybody else Mm -hmm. so you know I, I would just tell you know tell her to not be you know intimidated and you know if you need help get um get get that that extra help you know so that there isn't anything wrong with asking for it so mm-hmm. and and um, uh what about being safe out there uh what, what how do you make yourself feel safe on the road as a, especially as a female um i would just say you know um i know with myself when i was driving you know i would usually drive in the in the daylight hours um, if the weather is bad, I would always, you know, uh, uh, pull over, you know, um, or if you f- felt like you couldn't drive your trucks safely to pull over, let your um, management know. Um, and if you don't think that you could pull a load uh, safely, turn it down, you know. So, I mean, it, it's, it's, in my opinion, it's, it's all about, it's all about being safe you know um right you know because again you're you are pulling you know 25 30 40 50 thousand pounds and you want to be able to make sure that that you are safe so if you feel like your 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 brakes are not breaking as as you want them to or you feel like that there's a, a certain part of your truck that is not you know uh uh working right you uh-huh. know don't 
don't drive it, you know? So, um, you know, when I was driving at, at night, you know, if, if it's been started to get dark, I, I pulled over. I, I, I didn't feel comfortable driving at night. Mm-hmm. So, um, so yeah, so it's, it's just those little things, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense there. So when you're out there driving those trucks, I know you guys have to stop after a certain number of hours. Can you, tell yes. me what, how does that work? How many hours can I drive? Why do I have to stop or just that whole numbers game? How does that work? And how do you so, stay on top of it? So basically with, with the, with truck driving now, it's more electronic and they, they uh, give you a tablet and it has all your driving hours. So it will tell you when it's time for you to take a break. It will, it will tell you when um, you are running out of running out of driving time for that day. So you don't have to 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 calculate that in your head. Um, now, um, if if your tablet is not working or the system is down, then you have to f- figure it out. Which they also teach you that in class. So um, so yes, but um, but uh, with the trucking companies now, they have a have a, a, an app on, on the tablet, and it tells you when you. Um, we have to take a break when you, um, when you're running out of driving time. So, um, because with driving, you also have to get your rest. So, right. How many hours can you drive a day as a driver, truck driver? Uh, 14. And after that you have to pull over like, because it will, it will alarm and ring and all that stuff. If, if you don't. So you got to shut it down right at that 14. Right. So, so with myself, like when it, like it, it'll give you alerts, it'll tell you like, you know, you have two hours left, mm. you got an hour and a half, it'll, it'll tell you, you know? Okay. So, so what I would do is when it, when it was getting close to that time, I would just go ahead and just pull over, shut it down, clock out, you know? Yeah. Um, so yeah, so it, it tells you, so it's, it's not like you have to be like, okay, so how long have I, you know, drove so far? So Yeah. Okay. What was your, did you have a CB handle? Cause I, I know they teach y'all the language. Did you have a uh, CB radio or do they still use those? Um, they do. I know some, um, some of the owner operators have them. Um, I know, um, I did not have one, but, um, mm-hmm. we, but, um, mm-hmm. uh, but what, what it was, um, on my tablet, we, we were able to communicate with each other. Okay. So it wasn't an issue, but, um, but I know some of the owner operators, the owner uh owner operators have have those i see okay mm-hmm. now i know your license is current but you're no longer actively driving now correct no i'm not uh-uh. now why would you walk away from a six figure a year job but what pulled you away from all this excitement my uh my reason was it was for 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 safety like um the company that i was driving for um i had some issues um with driving um, their their truck, and so when I would re, when I um, re, reported what was wrong or what I needed fixed, you know, I wasn't getting the response that I needed to continue to stay safe. So for myself, I said I'd rather not drive a truck anymore because I don't want to seriously hurt or kill others on the road because yeah, they didn't that. want to fix right. So. For me, I said, you know, um, I, I just need to go ahead and, and quit driving because I, I didn't want to put 
my life or anybody else's life at risk, especially knowing that that would happen, you know? So, yeah. So couldn't you just went to another company or did you just, were you just tired of driving? I mean, you, I, I was just terrified of hurting someone. So for me, like that scared me the most. Mm-hmm. So, um, for myself, um, I just made a choice to, to not drive, um, to not drive, um, a- a- anymore. Mm-hmm. So, um, for me, you know, that was the best choice for, for me and my, um, situation. I understand. Mm-hmm. So did you, uh, do you think you'll ever go back to doing it or once you, it's like I say, whatever the needs were met that caused you to leave, would you mm-hmm. consider going back again to this industry? Maybe. Um, I know right now um, it's not really a good time just because of what's going on now with gas being so high. And um, a lot of these trucking companies are going bankrupt because diesel is just too high. It's it's exceeded their their budgets. Mm -hmm. So um, as of right now, I I wouldn't because it's it's too much much at stake right now. Mm. Um, But... um, We'll see, you know, we'll see what the, what the future holds. Yeah. I wonder how that works because I know that Walmart recently increased their drivers. I think they're getting like 115, 120, mm-hmm. depending on your experience. So that right. seems to be pretty good. So, cause you know, they making money anyway. They may have to pay right. more fuel, but they still getting there. So. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. So yeah, it, it just depends on, it depends on the, on the, on the company and, and how, you know, how solvent they are. Some of these um, mom, mom and pop trucking companies, like I said, had to file for bankruptcy because they just they 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 couldn't afford the the high cost of diesel now on top of getting loads and running their their business and staying solvent. So, yes. um, so, yeah, as far as Walmart, Target, those big uh, corporations, mm-hmm. they'll be fine. But it's the smaller ones that are going to have issues. Right, maybe they lower their truck drivers. See, what what is a, a gallon of gas going for out there in North Carolina? Um, four fifty nine a gallon for gas. So, mm-hmm. and then as you go west, it just gets higher. I know um, my mom lives in Washington State, and it's a dollar more, so it's five fifty nine. Okay, yeah, I was in Chicago two days ago. I think there was almost six i was in louisville this morning theirs is about 479 mm-hmm. so it's just going up yeah yeah i don't know why but that's what they're doing mm-hmm. okay final final trucking question before we move on now when you were driving this truck were you married dating or what was your uh relationship wise like doing that i was club? single single oh, okay. Okay. on the road okay so <laughs> So, well, were you married before, or are you? What's your status again? I, um, I, I was married, um, but um, I'm currently um, uh, 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 divorced. I'm single, so. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Well, I love to talk about relationships. Well, let's let's delve into that <laughs> for a minute, then. Let's let's go back down memory lane. So, okay. you you chose to get in the trucking industry after the divorce, then. So. Yes. Yeah. So. The, okay. That was years years later. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. So. It's like again, it's like I said, I love relationships. Tell me, when when you got married, how did you know that that guy was the one? What what made you say, you know what, he the one? 
uh, well, he was he he was very you know very smart, very intelligent. I could talk to him about anything. Mm. Um, uh, we had we had great great um, intellectual conversations. Um, we in common. Um, yeah, so like our 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 um, our, our backgrounds were similar. Um, mm-hmm. We had mm-hmm. we had a lot of the same goals, so it was you know that's. That's how I knew then that I said, okay, he's he's it. Mm. So so it wasn't his cornrows or afro or none of that stuff. It was a, no. it was a conversation <laughs> that got you. Okay. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So for well, knowing what you know about relationships and how it turned out, what would a uh, mature nephew tell young nephew if you can go back to talk to yourself twenty minutes when you were dating? What would you have told yourself? Run. <laughs> <laughs> Run away. <laughs> you just said y'all had great conversation. I know, I know. But see, you asked the question, what would I tell my younger self? Okay, okay. <laughs> well, why would you tell yourself to run? Well, what what happened in a relationship to kind of make it, we ain't trying to get too deep, but just trying to say, well, what happened then? What happened? I'm just curious. Well, basically, I guess to make a long story short, um, <sighs> she thinks just, 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 not being honest when you're not honest with with someone and you have to lie and you keep lying mm. um eventually you, you're gonna start forgetting the lies yes. that you told and you, and you had to lie to cover up the you had to lie to cover up those other lies so then after a while you know eventually everything is gonna start coming out so um so yeah so if i were to, to talk to my younger self i would say run and just enjoy her single life and continue to travel, spend time with with my friends and family, and just you know, live life, get some more life experience, and you know, uh, yeah. Now, were so, you young? Were you young when you got married? I was. I was twenty two. I was basically a kid. I was, yeah, I was young. Yeah. yeah. So y'all, y'all, so y'all dated, started twenty one, dated, and then got married at twenty two. Yeah, I started. To, I started dating him. I was like nineteen. <laughs> oh, you had time. You knew him, but still. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I was. I was young. I was. I was young. So, you know that young love. You know. So. Yeah. So when you start out that young, I think, I think we have like eyeglasses that say what rose colored or something mm-hmm, because you mm-hmm. only seeing the positive. Oh, he's gonna love me forever. Oh, he's just not not doing well. Right. Things change. I think every seven years, we, we you know, we kind of grow, evolve, change a little bit there, you know. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, I had looked up some research uh, about this question, and I was trying to figure out why the divorce rate is so high. And a couple of things that I found were what people's comments were. One person said, uh, no humanity, being disrespectful and unfaithful. Um, one person said, because every woman... Wants to become the man of the house. Uh, another person said, "Because the females of this generation love money instead of their partner with all their heart." And one person said, "We don't know what love is." That was a guy. A woman said, "Because most men think they are more fishes in the sea until they find that it's not." And the last person said, "Because of the internet." So I do think there's a lot of, you know, some truth to to, to some of those things there. But I think all of it's true. Yeah, yeah. I, I think I think it's all of it. It's all of it. I mean, you have men who enter in the, into these relationships because they're looking for a, a mother instead of a a, a, a wife or a girlfriend. What? So, 
Yeah, so it's it's please please explain that. The guy is looking for a mother. Yes. So so for example, you know, some some of these men they haven't I'm just curious uh, um your perspective on how he's looking yeah. for that. They, yeah. Wants somebody to pick up after him, cook his meals. They 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 are they are expecting their mother out of their wife. So for example, um I know a lot of, you know, men not well not, well you know a good good amount they've been raised in single parent households so mm-hmm. they were raised by their mothers yeah so yeah. when they grow up uh, or especially if they don't have a male you know figure in their life whether it's their father or maybe an uncle or a grandfather or it's some sort of male figure to teach them how to be a man how to you know maneuver relationships so when they get into these relationships with their girlfriend and it turns into their wife they're, they're looking for that motherly figure in their wife and that's not their wife's responsibility so um, I think that's one of the reasons why a lot of these marriages fail because you're looking for something in someone else that is not a requirement mm, I like that I didn't think of that perspective but yeah I'm, I'm gonna have to go with that I, I do. so do you think a woman can raise a man no, because, because, and this is just my my personal opinion. Um, just like um, a man can't raise his daughters, you know, you uh, a, a woman can't raise his son as far as what it, what it is to to be a man, how to operate in this world as a man. It just, it just can't happen, mm-hmm. you know. Um, so, in my opinion, it's so important for the father or male figure to be that person to teach them how to behave out in the world, how to be a man, how to, how to take care of business as a man, mm-hmm. you know, and that, that starts, you know, from a very young age. Oh yeah. So what, what do you think men want in a woman to help him be successful? What, what would he need? Um, he would need support. I mean, in, in, in my opinion, you know, if you're in a long-term relationship, like a marriage, um, their husband, um, their husband, I'm sure w- would want a wife who is, who is, you know, uh, supportive and loving, but also going to be a person who, you know, if they make a mistake that that's going to, uh, lovingly inform them that okay well you know even though this happened or that happened what can we do to resolve this or what can we do to fix this issue mm-hmm. um so you know it's in a in a marriage it's give and take it's yeah. about love and respect and unfortunately um that has deteriorated in a lot of these relationships so thus that's why you see the high divorce rate yeah i think for me Looking back, I think a lot of times uh, in the past, relationships uh, kind of went through a demise because of finances, which still could happen. But now I, I find there's a lot more of communication being at the root of uh, these uh, relationships going bad because men tend to clam up or don't express themselves maybe in a lovingly way. So uh, if a guy tells you, hey, you know what? I don't really like how you did this, that or whatever let's just say the wife or the significant other gets upset and like, Oh my God, you heard my feelings. You came at me all like to sound like that. Now he feels I got to go coddle you because you're upset because I told you how I feel. So maybe I shouldn't say something to you. Maybe I'll just clam up. 
and then when you mm-hmm. clam up that whole dynamic changes and now now you're just being arguing in silence as I like to call it right so, mm-hmm. so, you know, so how do you feel uh, communication is uh, with with uh, relationships now oh it's 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 very important but again you know a lot of people they don't know how to communicate you know when a lot of people get in these relationships like a, a lot of people don't even want to talk on the phone anymore it's like what happened to that like <laughs> all y'all want to do is text and stuff or send dms like what what happened to talking on the phone like mm-hmm. you know I, I mean you're on your phone all the time anyway you're right. on instagram and facebook and and, and tiktok yep. you know you can you know be on that for hours and hours but you can't pick up the phone to call mm-hmm. to talk to have those meaningful conversations so I think a lot of that has you know has affected relationships as well just basic basic communication absolutely um, you said you got married at age 22 what do you think is a good age to get married I say anybody like after the age of I think 28 and older Mm. because I think because at that point you're more settled into being an adult and to take care of your business into what you're looking for, you know, getting to know yourself and Mm -hmm. what you're looking for. Yes. Um, You know, yes, as we get older, we, we do change, but a lot of your fundamentals don't, Mm. you know, as far as what you're looking for in you know, in a significant other or a marriage mate. So, um, so yeah, that's, that's, that, that's my opinion. Um, okay. So now you said your, uh, last, your ex-husband, uh, he wasn't say the most forthcoming, most honest person out there. Do you think if right. you were to get married again, that you're going to be like, kind of in that area of trying to game or do you think you got no, some, well, some emotional scars here well I mean uh, like for anybody I think anybody coming out of a marriage is going to have you know those um, those scars but I look at it this way like if I were if I were given the opportunity or the privilege to date someone else um, I'm looking at you as a totally different person like clean slate because I can't compare my ex-husband to this person because you're two different people. You know what I'm saying? I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna sit here and give you the 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 benefit of the doubt. You know, I'm not gonna sit here and compare you to him when you haven't done anything to me that is going to bring my ex-husband up. Mm -hmm. So so for for me, I am going to, in my opinion, I look at people and I even tell like I, I, I've even said this for myself what you see is what you get I am an, 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 an open book whatever questions you want to ask me you can ask me this is how I am so I, I expect the same because there's no reason for us to waste each other's time if we're not going to be open and honest with right. with each yeah. other it's, it's, it's a waste of time you know so um you know, just out of, just out of. Yeah, I, I definitely respect, agree with you know. Honest, yeah, yeah. Communication is definitely key, and and, and honestly, you know, I definitely agree with that. Let, let me ask you this then: um, is it is it hard for a female to be in subjection to an imperfect man? 
it can be because just just because of what the media portrays and uh, and social media because for example like women now you know at least how I grew up you know you have to be an, an, an independent woman to not depend on a man but at the same time if you're entering into a marriage um, and being submissive you know if you want your marriage to work yeah I mean you you, you have to be submissive but I think that a lot of a lot of why women have a hard time being submissive or just don't or they just don't want to is because of the media and what mm-hmm. is being portrayed they look at being submissive as as a bad thing or right like you're less than mm-hmm. or you know so i think a lot of it has t- to do with the the media and how the media portrays submissiveness with that that's it's such a hard thing to, to constantly see that and then not let it seep into your fabric of thought too. So right. I, I can definitely get that. But do, do women sit around and talk about the difficulties of being a subjection? <laughs> Y'all like talk about that guy, girl, he told me to do this. I like, wait, is that like a real conversation or is that just? Um, I, I, it, it does come up in conversation, but at least with my friends, like we all have the same train of thought. Like, you know, if we were to get married, we're going to be submissive to our our husbands um but you know just like anything else you know it's it's a challenge but it's possible um you know and okay and like i've I've told my friends you know there are times where your husband he may make a mistake and you know or or you know you all may be having a, a a discussion about you know um you know, to, to make a, a, a large purchase or, you know, whatever it is. And he has to make the the uh, choice or the, the, uh, the decision on what the family is, is going to do. And he may, you know, make a mistake and he may screw up. But being a submissive wife, um, mm-hmm. you're not going to, you know, point the finger and say, well, you know, I told you so. I told you this, this, this you know, this or that was going to work being a submissive wife it's like okay well you know this is what happened so what can I do as a wife to help you to fix this or what can we do in the future to not do x y and z again or whatever so it's it's about it's all about how you approach it how you know how you deal with it and how to move forward in the future yeah it's all about how you communicate because like if, if someone was playing catch with you and they kind of tossed the ball to you it's, easy, it's that more than them trying to miles an hour so I think that's right. uh, it's all it's all in your approach and coming mm-hmm. question on this relationship before we do our uh, final wrap up what do you think your your and will appreciate most about you um <laughs> I'm I can be direct but Ooh. when I and when I say direct I'm not saying that to I'm not saying that that I'm disrespectful or I'm going to come c- come down on you but I'm going to tell you exactly what's on my mind. So I think okay. a lot of that um I think a lot of um the an issue with a lot of these relationships is that 
men are having to decipher or read between the lines of what their girlfriends and wives are saying when Mm -hmm. it really isn't difficult it's like okay if he asks you a question answer the question like don't don't beat around the bush and and, and have him trying to figure out okay so she said this but then wait a minute that can mean a b c (laughs) d or e so now i gotta figure out which one is right oh so when, so when yeah. i respond hopefully it's the right one so she doesn't go <laughs> off on me you see what i'm saying so it, like it's not difficult like it's like you know be direct and, no, and, and concise but be respectful as well i think you know men you know men want respect and women want love so oh my God. you know yes. I, I think i think once both parties understand that it's things would be a lot better. You know, of course, you know, nothing is perfect, but things would be a lot better, you know, so, um, but, you know, a lot of people don't want to have that conversation, so I just... Definitely important to a guy. Uh, I think respect is more important to us than than actually love because I know if you respect me, I'm trying to make the best decision for the fan. Right. That that is very important to a guy. Uh, Mm -hmm. I'm last second here before the time. It's called getting to know you. That's a lot of insight. Two okay. questions. If you okay. had to give a 30 minute impromptu presentation, what would your topic be? What's up? Mm, that's it. Um, I think I would talk about relationships, though. I mean, the relationships are, 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 are interesting, you know, are interesting to me. And with relationships, you know, um, whoever I'll be talking about it to or a group, everybody has their their own own uh, point of view. So it's like you know sometimes when it comes to different points of view, a lot of times it m- makes you look at a topic differently. You mm-hmm. know from yes. somebody else's point of view. So I, you know, I I I like you know having a healthy discussion about relationships. Okay. Okay. Good to know. What one lesson has taken you the longest in life to figure out or learn? Patience. Ooh. <laughs> mm. Being patient. Because, you know, as, as, as humans, you know, we, we want everything yesterday. And a lot of times, you know, things just take time. You know, so as far as myself, you know, just learning to be patient, I've gotten better, but I'm still working on it. So, <laughs> uh, How would your friends how my friends describe me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so what <laughs> I'm, they say about you? <laughs> funny, crazy, but when it comes to serious things, I'm serious. So, you know, okay. I'm, I'm I'm pretty well balanced. <laughs> <laughs> Music do you enjoy listening to? I like Neo Soul. I like R&B. Um, I listen to a lot of underrated artists. Um, past few years I've been listening to a lot of British R&B they have a lot of good music over there so oh, mm-hmm. like a lot of old British R&B like uh, Loose yeah. Ends they were my favorite groups uh, mm-hmm. okay uh, what person has been the most what human person has been the most influential in your life it's <sighs> one person um or two mm. I would say my spirit my uh my friend's parents um they've been married for 50 years and even though they've been married for that long and they're on all their ups and downs um it's it's helped me t- to see that that anything is possible 
mm. anything worth 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 having is is is, is worth it's worth fighting for okay. so um i i look at them and you know and it just shows that you know anything is possible if you're willing to work for it absolutely yeah final question is do you have a hidden talent is there something that you can do that most people don't know about Mm. well I know growing up um, I know growing up um, I used to write poetry or rap lyrics oh so you (laughs) were a rapper uh, slash okay can you give us a can you give us a little a taste uh, oh I I can't do that um off because I used to I can't do it anymore but okay, I used know. to yeah I used to write poetry and different lyrics and things and mm-hmm. you know I, I like poetry I like I, it's very expressive yeah um, um but yeah so I haven't done it in a while I haven't got back into it but that's what I used to do mm. when I was nice nice uh, you had mentioned before something you called it a COVID ship what what, what was that what is a COVID ship to you COVID ship that started in in COVID. (laughs) (laughs) I I, I define COVID ships as, you know, you know, when COVID started, you know, we were all isolated, you know, we're in our homes trying to not catch COVID. So Mm -hmm. it's going to bring up, you know, feelings of, of loneliness. So, um, you know, a lot of people have gotten into these relationships and even marriages through, through COVID. Um, But unfortunately, at least, excuse me, from what I've seen, um, some of them are not even not working out anymore because they've realized who they've really married and it's not the person that they thought that they were. Mm. So, um, you know, so with that, with relationships, you know, you have to, you have to date someone and see them through all four seasons. And, it's difficult to do it over Zoom or meet them once or twice and decide you're going to marry them, you know, but you know, I, I, I hope that they all work out, but unfortunately people are going to realize it after the fact. Yeah. A lot of people have tried to make it work. So yeah, there you go. Yeah. Okay. Well, um, we're going to go ahead and wrap this up here, but uh, before we go, can you tell uh, the listening audience where they can find you on social media? Not that you're accepting any new followers or not, but just in case, where can they find your social media footprint set? Um, well, okay. Well, I'm on Instagram. Uh, my handle is just call me underscore Nephi, spelled N-E-F-E. So I'm there. Um, so if you'd like to request me, I'm there. experience hearing about the trucking industry as well as your insight on COVID ships in a modern world and as I said before but it does help others to realize we're all doing things different uh, for the good for the bad (laughs) I guess that's why they say rehab is for quitters you know (laughs) I want to encourage everybody to remember this point the man that wakes up at 6 a.m. and starts walking will always beat the man who wakes up and starts running at noon every time. Maya Angelou once said, when someone shows you who they are, believe them. I thank you all for listening to What's Up With War. If you heard something you like today, tell a friend about us. Follow the podcast wherever you stream. Thank you, Nephi, for being here today. Peace. Yeah.